Today, our special guest is Crystal, and she's going to be telling us her story. Give us an introduction or background of who you are. Um, I'm 28, um, born and raised in Adelaide. Travel around a bit, though. have been outside of Australia to the UK, Europe, and US. I'm an only child, university graduate, a cat mum, and a wannabe singer and sex and relationships counsellor. What is your most memorable or terrible moment that you would like to share with us? I guess I mostly watch K-dramas because I yearn for big heartfelt moments that are missing from my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, so the closest I have to a memorable or cherishable moment is the little moments with my cat, Snow, when she does cute things or is very cuddly. Um, yeah, instead of, like, memorable moments, I was leaning towards the cherishable side, like, just having a pet in my life is just increases my enjoyment of life, I guess. What is your biggest regret in life? In a way, it's sort of being so introverted and not getting out and meeting people more during university. Like, that whole period between 18 to 23, I didn't want to put myself out there to try new things. I was too self-conscious, and I let it hold me back and keep to myself and stay inside. I only really came out of my shell from about, like, 24 or so. Um, like, the moment I had to start travelling around, I guess that sort of really expanded the horizons. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't let things pass me by. I should go out and join Taekwondo, learn a language, do roller derby. All those things I kept putting off. I just wish I'd done it earlier. <laughs> What you wish you could tell people about yourself, but don't. I'm hoping this one isn't too controversial or personal. It's just that I'm now doubting all my convictions of being child-free. I don't know. That doesn't get discussed a lot in the server, but I was someone who was very adamant to my family and such that I don't want kids. is not something I saw for myself. Um, And the only sort of compromise I ever thought about, which might actually possibly be something I could actually have happened, is I really wanted only, like, a mixed-race child, not a white one. Nothing against white people, but I just didn't think it was necessary. There's so many of us. But at the same time, I'm, like, freaking out because I'm, like, I didn't want to be an old mum like my own mum was. When I say old, like, she was 35. And now I'm like, no, 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 no. Either, it's either do or don't, and it's before 32. But, yeah, I was so adamant to so many of my family. I don't want to be seen as flip-flopping on them, changing my mind like that when I was so supportive of being child-free. Top three, and it doesn't have to be three, uh, struggles you've had in your life that you want to share? A major one, and it's related to those regrets I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. is connecting with others, just generally being very socially awkward. And when I was young, I thought it was, oh, because I'm only a child, I haven't learned how to interact with others properly. 
But as time went on, I'm like, hang on a second. It's more than that. Maybe I could be slightly neurodivergent or I'm just not lining up with how society expects women to socialise with each other. And I just have that, like, emotional distance that maybe is more accepted with men or something where you just want, like, that camaraderie rather than, like, in-depth closeness with friends. Another thing, like, I struggle a lot with and still do but starting to get better Body image and self-esteem as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it sort of interplays with the social awkwardness. Like when you're not confident in yourself, you don't really want to put yourself out there to meet others either. But it was like before it was my weight, it was even just my appearance on its own. Like when I was young, I was bullied for like dry, wrinkled skin on my hands. Because I had, like, skin conditions like eczema, dermatitis. Mm. And you can't see with the mask, but there's, like, a mole in the corner of my mouth. Mm. Things, like, just made my face and my, my whole look, even just as a child, very different and very easy for people to other and go, huh, you're ugly because you're different. Mm. And it just was a lot to work through to be, like, hang on a second. A, it's because they're children, and B, other people who have unique features get by just fine. Why am I letting it continue to be a struggle for me? But also, because I couldn't get past that, at some point, like, it became not just body image about overall look and feeling ugly, it became... So, like, my mum had always, always struggled with her own weight, and so... They always say, like, especially studying psychology, any time there was any units around body image and they were like, yeah, people, when they grow up, if their family are concerned about their own image, the kids get the same issues. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) they do. (laughs) So, and then, oh, this one time in one of the the surveys for, like, one of the higher-up psychology students that was doing body image, thesis they were like oh where do you think it started from and I'm like woohoo this is better than therapy because I figured out what it was mm-hmm. my aunt picked on me when I was like 14 for a little bit of stomach fat um, back when I was like thin and that's like I wish I'd had more photos of how I looked then because I was thin mm-hmm. but I felt bigger than what I am now because of that And so I just sort of, like, let myself go combined with a metabolism that slowed down when my appetite didn't Mm. until I'd gained, like, 20, 30 kilos just to feel comfortable and hidden Mm -hmm. and not at the point where people will make a big deal of it anymore because then they feel bad. Like, you have to get to a certain limit where they're like, oh, it's very obvious that you're big or medically obese so that they won't call it out all the time. Like on someone who's normally thinner, they'll notice weight fluctuations more and maybe think they're doing you a favour by calling it out. But once you hit a certain threshold, I feel like, or at least in the society I'm in, they stop trying to call it out for you. 
So I'm like, what have I found that in, in, invisibility wall? I'm like, yes, this amount of fat makes me safe. But, yeah, um, luckily, whilst I had one eye, that was nearly breaking my iPad here. Um, one aunt that was pretty bad about it. On the flip side, I did have other supportive family members. And seeing my cousin go from – now, I know kilo, speaking in kilos won't relate. Not everyone will relate, but it's still it's going to make a bit more sense than size ranges because those are even more varied across the world. <laughs> um, seeing a cousin go from around the 140 kilo mark down to the mid-80s, and how much she managed to change her life. I mean, yes, she had to do a surgery to help her with that. But she had to make big changes and lose, like, 20, 30 kilos of that first by herself. That's a lot. So she's been good positive influence to say, you do it for you, not for how other people are going to find you attractive or not not to stop an aunt calling you fan or anything. Top three, again, doesn't have to be three, proudest moments you've had in your life that you want to share. Um, I'll start with the more recent one, is being able to rent or like live alone. Especially after, I, like, part of my whole staying in and not really meeting people was also I felt really like I was one of those, like, failure to launch cases where even though it's normal in Australia to not move out of home for university um, and all I ever see on American shows and that is, oh, they go to college and they go away. Um, but even then... I could see people around me, like friends from my school, family, etc. during university really starting to thrive and get out there and I was just at home not doing anything fun and just making it through uni. So eventually once I'd done a double degree, I was like, okay, get a job, get out of home, live on your own. And... I was out in, like, share houses for a couple of years and I was like, oh, God, why do people share house? Why do they want to do that? <laughs> it's so difficult to live with other people, whether you know them or they're close friends. I think it's worse when they're close friends, though. I lost a friend over it. And then just by chance, even with the rental market going crazy earlier this year, I managed to be offered a, a place all to myself that I could have the cat. And I was like, it's like winning the rental lottery. I'm like, hang on, I've got a big space. I've got a whole separate room to work from home and then a spare for guests or for my overflow of my wardrobe. <laughs> and just being able to, like, learn how to manage and budget for bills and have all my furniture and everything set up is something that I didn't feel ready for at 18 or 20, even though I desperately wanted to be one of those people out there doing that at that point in my life. But, yeah, I'm just proud that I got there eventually. That's awesome. 
Do you have any more? Um, the second one is just like um, saving and being able to reward myself for graduating uni with my big um, USA trip that I did in 2016. I've probably been to more U.S. states than some of the people who live there. I've been to 26 of the 52 states. Wow. Not that I can remember to name them all. And some of them it was like just in passing, like our bus came through and stopped there, had lunch and moved on. It was one of those like big, like not quite a youth tour, but a travel group aimed at young adults like 18 to 35 and again mostly Australians so there's like a group of us that are still in touch with each other across like all all around Australia mm-hmm. and then there was a few others like from the UK New Zealand and Europe that were with us it was just like this mix of 50 Aussies and Brits going from New York, down the East Coast, across the South, and then over to Los Angeles. A story you feel is most important to you that you want to share with us? Um, I don't have a story format, but it's like, it's just like a a meme or graphic that you see around the internet that's sure. something I value a lot. It's the idea of the difference between equality and equity. In, I don't know if you've seen this before. I feel like it's everywhere on the internet. But that could just be the, the groups I follow in certain social media. Um, it's the one of, like, three kids are trying to watch a sports game. could be any game. could be. American football, AFL, soccer, who knows what. But the because the younger one is too small, he can't see over the fence. The other one on the top of his head just peeks over the fence and then the tallest one can see clear as day. And they've, um, the premise is that we could give them each a crate to stand on to see a bit better. But the crate's only one foot tall. Like, they, the two shortest ones, I mean, no, the middle-sized middle kid can now see. Great. Um, but the smallest one still can't. And there was no point in really giving the biggest kid the crate just to be fair because he never needed it in the first place. He already had the advantage of his existing height. So instead of him having one, he should share with the smallest kid and then he can see he's clear of the fence it's blocking the view the middle kid's still fine with just one and the one with the best height advantage is fine as he is and it's just a great i don't know if allegory is the right word but for a lot of things in life when people are getting up in arms about why are you getting that bonus or this handout from the government or whatever, like they're not checking what they already have versus what this person who's receiving something extra might have and why it can't just be handouts for all. A reflection on where you are today and what your future looks like to you. 
Uh, I always hate looking to the future. I've never been one for like five year plans or anything because I'm always like, I'm willing to have the flexibility to see where my choices take me and see what happens. Because as I said, with my resolve to sort of be child free and another resolve I'm still on the fence about or starting to doubt is to be a singleton forever and only have like casual relationships and not want to be a part of monogamy and um, matri that the word's too complicated. Something about matrimonia, matrimania, like the obsession with obsession with marriage. Anyway, so at this point, I am in a like I feel like I'm at a fork in the road, or that one's approaching, and. Because I've met someone recently, even though it's only something casual, I wonder if we become something more, would I fall in line with what everyone else wants or expects of me and have either marriage or kids or both? Or do I want to continue carving my own path like I have been and then pursue a graduate certificate in counselling or going over to Perth and studying um, sexology, maybe I can do both, maybe they'll happen together or separately. Do I even think I will be able to live in another city? I've always wanted to, but I doubt I can. I tend to boomerang myself back to Adelaide every time. Like I've travelled, but it's never longer than a month or two. And I think it's mostly because my parents are here. Like, as long as there's so many of my close family still here. I mean, I say close, but my extended family are technically close because I don't have siblings, but my cousins are really close to me. And, yeah, they sort of make the city I'm in now home, but I want to be able to spread knowledge. Feel free to give us any close, closing statement that you would like to share? Um, there was this one part of a thread that I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to chime in and put my input, but I never got to it. Um, it was like one of those ones that they were asking personal advice or dating advice, so just as a possible future relationship therapist and near lifelong singleton so far. I guess my advice to anyone in those threads who's asking, or how do I meet someone, how do I get a girlfriend, is they need to instead maybe try and make peace with being alone and distinguishing it from loneliness to take the pressure off of trying to find a significant other because as soon as you put pressure on yourself to try and meet someone, it, it, it sort of radiates off of you and people will sense that and avoid you. I mean, not that... My, I feel like you can go too far the other way. If you go too far the, to say, oh, I don't care if I meet someone, then that also radiates a, a vibe that you're not ready to meet someone. It's just finding that middle ground. If anyone's found it, please let me know. <laughs> but I feel like it's just more peaceful if you just swing too far the other way and you're completely fine by yourself. It'll make getting back to that middle ground easier. <laughs> 